are back. They're off and racing. Mask Crusader jump midfield. Dreamforce speed out of the gates and is going to lead pretty comfortably here from Savatiano. Dreamforce gets about two lengths clear from Savatiano and Colding pushes her on the fence. What out Tagaloa looking for a spot in advance of I Am Superman. Then came Pelzer Cascadian back on the rails. A length for the back to Zoo Tori. Then came Imaging Kemantari, the white cap, back on the rails. A length and a half to 50 stars from Prague. And the favourite Mask Crusade has been taken right back to last. Dreamforce steadies the speed of the 800, a half in front of the three-year-old Tagaloa. Colding gets a good run third, followed by Savatiano fourth. Length and a half to Cascadian, improving on the inside of I Am Superman. Peltzer deeper out. They're followed then by Kemantari, Imaging off the course from Zutari. Further back to Prague, 50 stars and Mask Crusaders last of all and just being tapped up now as they turn. Dreamforce swings the corner in front. Colding comes off the fence, push Savatiano. Then came Tagaloa, a gap back to Imaging. Now making some good headway is Cascadian coming through the field. Colding and Savatiano, they go to the front. It's Colding and Savatiano fighting it out. Colding the inside of Savatiano. Savatiano puts the head in front from Colding. She ran out Savatiano. Colding kicks. Back, Cascadian late. It's a photo. Colding came back on Savatiano, who may have thrown it away. Closing off hard at the end was Cascadian and 50 stars, followed by Kemantari and Prague. Further back to Dreamforce, I am Superman, followed by Tagaloa. Imaging Mask Crusader didn't close off from Pelter and Zutori. It's a photo finish. That was the all-age stakes from yesterday at Royal Randwick. Good morning and welcome to the show. Anzac Day today. Hello to all the servicemen and women who have fought for Australia and all the men and women who are currently fighting for Australia. Uh, we hope you have a great Anzac Day. Yesterday at Royal Randwick, great racing. After two days of phenomenal racing at the championships, the all-age stakes and the champagne and a stack of Group 3 action, some great benchmark racing at the end of the day. Uh, we were there to see it all, Ron Duffersey and Lizzie Jelfs. I thought it was a terrific day's racing on a beautiful track, I must say. A very fair track considering the rail was out. Um, you know, maybe the inside barriers had a good day, uh, but I don't think hard against the fence was any, you know, any big advantage. And we had a couple coming from back in the field, so perfect track. What a day, you know, Chris Waller, we're just taking for granted these days. Mm. He's just... Uh, continues to churn out these Group 1 winners. And I think the story of the day is John O'Shea. Um, now, it's very hard to build up another stable, considering he was at the front of the Godolphin Empire. It takes a while, but the, world, the patience John has shown uh, to just build this team together and just let them loose on the right day, have them all peaking in their right races at the right time to, you know, to get the three winners yesterday is a, a big feather in his cap. So he's on his way now and um, he's got a lovely team around him. Mm, been very patient with those horses as well. I think they've needed a bit of time, especially his star lost in running. I think it, definitely John O'Shea was the star of the day, but I think the track was the star of the day, considering what we um, had last week. This week it was 
so much better. They could win from everywhere. It was a really fair track and it made the racing even better than I thought last week. It was the same rating, you know. As it was, before. but it didn't play the same. Well, they're only two and a half seconds difference in some of the 1,200 meter races. Mm. I, yeah. I, anyway, that's all. It's, I, it'll I, be back. I concur with you about John O'Shea. He's a promising young trainer, and yeah. I think he is on his way. Did we get a smile out of him yesterday? Oh, I got, a, I got more than a smile. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got plenty out of John O'Shea. Just to put what Chris Waller has done now in context, that was yesterday's 125th career Group 1. 25 of those came with winks. So he reached the 100 mark with all other horses, <laughs> except for Winks. Winks out market. Yeah, yeah. The, yes, that's right. Uh, and it was Colding yesterday. Let's go back and uh, discuss the all-age stakes. Colding is now the winner of an Epsom, a George Main, a Golden Eagle, an all-age stakes. Put that on any resume and you're talking about one great horse. Yep, and uh, just perfect. He just got his perfect conditions. He got his dry track. He got a beautiful barrier. He got the right ride. He's a class horse, and and this is his, you know, this is his go. Uh, dry tracks, Ramwick, he loves it, even though he's a, an eagle winner at Rose Hill. He's just a terrific horse. Um, the Golfin left home, wondering what could have been there with second and third. Uh, Sabatiano, she was terrific. First up seven weeks, uh, a, you know, at 1400 metres. Just he was just a little bit too tough for the uh, that last little bit, and was he unlucky? He. he yeah, he may have, you know, he was he was got a perfect run through. He just got held up for a stride, Cascadian. So he's run right up to his best form. It was one of them races where they were bunched together at the finish, and you could make cases. You know, Mars Crusaders run the best sectionals late, but you can't finishing speeds nothing if you haven't got early speed. You know the old saying: fifty stars caught the eye for a horse we think is a wet tracker. So is this strong form being a bunch field? I still say yes because that's the best we got at the moment. Yep, I thought Prague was also very good he's as well. Yeah, he's he's got a really good race in him, Prague definitely. And I think the blindfold looked to have made a difference. He did jump with them yesterday. The run of the race for a future reference was 50 stars. Though I agree with you. I think he's he's off to Brisbane, and um, he's going to be very competitive up there. Uh, let's go and hear from uh, Chris Waller in another Group One for Brent Navdala, following on his success in the Randwick Guineas on Lions Raw. He had a great day yesterday as well. Obviously, he's a good, good a horse that needs good tracks. I think probably doesn't get a lot of credit when he's been getting beaten on wet tracks, which has been most of this preparation, in fact. And uh, obviously, he's a much better horse than Sydney on the right leg. Um, so yeah, he's a good horse and uh, showed it today. Sprinter Myler, um, I'm not sure if there's much in Queensland, but uh, he'll be back in a wink stakes type race, providing we get a good track. I've actually had a bit to do with him at home. I've ridden him a few times and he's always give you the great feel. And then he had that magical prep with Bossy and um, yeah, it's taken me, what, five years to probably ride him race day, but I've landed on him at the right time. When the manager said we had him today, I was excited to ride him. And yeah, you got firm, firm track, good draw, just lob behind the leader and um, to his credit, he knuckled out, knuckled deep when Sabatiano challenged him. He toughed it really, out really well. Let's hear from uh, the winning owner who's had great success in the sport with horses like Kermadec and Rangy Rangdu and now this horse Colding. Here's Neville Morgan. Oh, look, he's just been a fantastic horse. He's beaten, he's beaten all the best horses in Australia. He's beaten the classic legends, the Arcadia Queens, the very elegance. He's sort of somewhat underrated, but to us he's just been... Fantastic. He's won well over $6 million in prize money now, so, you know, and I think he costs us about $150,000. So it's just been a great journey, and he's just a really honest horse, as that win today proved. Since that marvellous spring campaign of, what, 18 months ago now? 2019, yeah. A little bit up and down, but yeah. there's always a threat that he'll win a race like that. Yeah, look, he's, he's been plagued by bad barriers, wet tracks. Today, it was really ideal conditions for him. Uh, drawn, drawn soft, a good track, uh, pace on, it just all worked out for us, so it was fantastic. You've got a great relationship with Chris Waller, describe it in your own words. Oh look, I've been with Chris probably not since he started, but I think he had, had had one group, one winner when we joined him, and now he's had 125, so it's been great, you know, he's... He's just a master trainer and a champion bloke. Will this horse go to Brisbane? That would make you happy. I think so. Oh, look, I'll have to confirm with Chris. We've got to push him out to 2,000 metres for him to go there. Um, whether that's a bridge too far, but he'll make that decision. 
Here's the uh, Everest market. Now, Mask Crusader beaten in the all-age stakes has a slot. The Whitby Werrett slot have got Mask Crusader. Of course, uh, Neil Werrett's a part owner of Mask Crusader and also in the slot. And there's a number of people involved in both the slot and the horse ownership. Nature Stripper's got a slot. He's in for Chris Waller. We can say that Classic Legend has a slot. He's only got to come up and Bonho will put him in. And I would say that Guitra has a slot for Inglis. If he comes up, they'd be mad not to go with Guitra, the amount of publicity they got out of, and the great ride they got out of him. So I'm saying if, if Guitra comes up and Classic Legend comes back, you've got four locked away. Yep, um, that looks pretty obvious. Um, so what do the rest do? They, obviously they pay a little patience game now, mm -hmm. unless something jumps out of the ground in the next couple of weeks, which I doubt. Well, I think obviously all eyes are on the these two-year-olds, you know, you stay inside, mm. you know, Adamo will, Adamo will be gone if he's, if he, Godolphin. if they think he can still um, be sharp at 1,200 mm. metres. So, I don't know. Here's the, uh, here's the list of last year's uh, horses and where they went. So, Tabcorp misses out on Nature Strip. Waller, who was left without a runner last year, they had to sell their slot to the owners of Hortbury on her. They've uh, snapped up Nature Strip. Now, a lot of these horses uh, have retired. Hmm. Yeah, so fresh blood we're looking for, and I thought there was one glaring omission from the market there, which we'll pick up later. Okay, uh, let's um, let's talk to, uh, well, let's hear from uh, Tom Magnier. Greg Pritchard was out there uh, discussing Everest slots with the uh, Coolmore Group. Here's Tom. We're just watching and, and seeing what happens. Um, you know, it's interesting to see that, you know, like I think Chris taking nature strip is probably no surprise there, but we just keep our options open. You know, if people have a good horse, they want to talk to us, you know, we're happy to listen. Um, but, you know, the, the flat season is just getting going up in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, we have a lot of horses in training in America and, uh, you know, with Wesley Ward and people like that and Bob Bafford and, you know, we'll see how we go with Aidan O'Brien and, and, and other horses that we have around Europe. You know, we'll keep, we would, I wouldn't rule out bringing another horse down if the horse is right, but, you know, obviously uh, we know that the, the best bridges in the world are probably in Australia. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep a, a close eye on what's going on here. Um, we'll watch it closely, but, you know, that Everest is, you know, we're very fortunate we won it with yes, yes, yes. So we'll, uh, we'll, be, trying to, we'll be trying to win it again, yeah. Okay, now Duff mentioned the, the two-year-olds who will be three. Yes, 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 changed the Everest when he won as a three-year-old. Uh, here's Richard Friedman discussing Stay Inside. Oh, I'm sure there's been a couple of, you know, back-channel discussions, but uh, nothing firm that I'm aware of. But, you know, I suspect that the, the, the horses seem to, that need to be in the race seem to find their way in. You'd be pretty keen on that on the radar, well, wouldn't you? Well, someone will be keen on him. <laughs> Stay inside. I mean, 1,200 metres going upwards. What do, what do you see as the distances for that horse? I don't know. He's, he's, he definitely looks like a sprinter. You know, he can take such a forward position and then kick again. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see 1,400 being beyond him. And who knows, as an older horse, he may even stretch out to a mile. Now, remember last year, we did have two three-year-olds originally in the makeup. They were, they were given slots. Rothfire, mm -hmm. who unfortunately had that injury, and Farnan. They were both in slots, but never got there. Mm. Uh, so they have to come up. They have to come up. Yeah, they have to come up as three-year-olds, and you know, yeah. you don't know until you, no. you get them under race. I'm conditions. a fan of the three-year-olds in the race, really. I think the, the first. But I'm just saying, the yeah. two-year-olds have to come up as three-year-olds. Oh, we want to see them again. Yeah. We do want to see them again. And we, he's out of sight, out of mind. Rothfire might burst back onto the scene. Exactly. Seat. I think they're doing some work with him now. Yeah, I don't so, think they've had a saddle on him yet, but he's. I, 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 well, they may, they may have, but he, he, I don't think he's done anything serious. He's still in, in rehab, but yeah. the reports have been wonderful. So yeah. is there any, any other horse in the all-age that you could entertain going towards an Everest? Well, same thing, you, you know. If Mars Crusader's going there. Yeah, no, I, I could... Well, Prague is a really strong sprinting type, but I think he might be more of a well. I think he might be more of a fourteen hundred metre horse now. But although he was good last he, week, he's I, probably the best of the three-year-olds at the moment. I think so. Sprinting type. Yep, yeah, I think well, so. Ronnie's got one later. I know the suspense is killing <laughs> me. <though. laughs> Let's uh, working up to something here, guys. Stay tuned. Let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll look at the other Group One Captivon's win in the Champagne.
they're set. Gates are back and they're off and racing. I've been there and Aka Hart over the last two out. Morrissey Dad jumped well with conversion. Wolfburn in third early. Arna Kerr handy together with Daly Bugle. Then came Captivon who takes a spot down on the rails on the inside of Halal. Queen of Wizardry next. Followed them by Lease from I've Been There, Gin Martini, Pat Nakahara, and the heavily back Port Louis from the wide draw settles last. So it's Morris will be dad holding the front. Wolfburn parks up on the outside and Daly Bugles next, but caught a bit deep on the outside of Converge. Then came Captivant down on the rails, a length further back to Arna Kerr, Lease deeper out, Halal midfield. From I've Been There, then Queen of Wizardry, Gin Martini, Patton, Akahara, and Port Louis, a dozen off them's last of all. 800 metres to run, Morris be down a length and a half now to Wolfburn as the pace increases here. Two lengths to Daly Bugle, converge fourth the rails. Further back to Lease, then came Arna Kerr from Captivant, Queen of Wizardry. Halal's got it further back in the field now from Pat and I've been there. Gin Martini shaken up from Port Louis and Akahara's last. Morris has been out a dominant leader around the turn. Wolfburn making hard work of it. Converges railing through, giving chase to the front runner. Two further back to Captivant behind. Inside the 300 Morris and me dad being joined now by Converge. Two lengths clear from Halal and Captivon starting their runs. Converge hits the lead from Captivon Halal. They're both giving serious chase. It's Converge being tackled by Captivon. Halal the outside. Captivon a neck up on Halal. And Captivon won the champagne. Captivon a half length there to Halal. Third between Converge and I've been there. And Port Louis hitting the line hard. They got to Morris and me dad. Then Gin Martini late. Further back to Akahara. Queen of Wizardry, Daily, Daily Bugle, from Lease, Wolfburn and Patton. Five times uh, the Snowdens have won the Champagne Stakes. Uh, Peter three times on his own. Uh, Captivant wins the Champagne Stakes and uh, a much-deserved win for a horse who's, who's been around in just about everything. Yep, and um, he's got a touch of class about him. Um, luck's a virtue. It's, uh, he was, I think he was on, in the float in, into the paddock. And, they, and then they heard the scratching of Anamo, uh, and the float turns around on the highway and brings him back into the stable. And here he is, a group winning son of capitalist, his first group one winner, and just, I think he's a dry tracker. He's, a, he's best to, well, his two wins have been on dry tracks. He had that lovely draw, a perfect ride uh, by McDonald, um, which was probably the difference uh, between winning and losing. Halal, well, he's tied to the hip with him. He has been in his past few runs and he was excellent. Converge, well, he could come back a, a, a much stronger horse, the little bloke, the next preparation. He's done a really good job um, in, in his little career to date. The Queenslander overachieved there. I've been there. I think he's a good horse, this plunge horse. Uh, Port Louis wasn't the ideal prep, 1,100, 1,200 mile. When you say plunge horse, he was $34 on Wednesday into $4.80. They... It, it, and if they if they was five more minutes of betting, he would have been favourite. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he um, you know obviously got back in the field and finished off really hard and got that bump on the turn, which was his own. Yui Bowman got a pretty severe suspension for it. Second of the fifth until the nineteenth of the fifth, he's okay. out. Okay, so the seventeen day suspension there. So, um, but I think he he's obviously a nice horse in the making. What do you make of him? Yep, I would liked him. Uh, all the way through. I actually liked him when he ran second the other day at Canterbury mm. behind Billion Dollar Baby. He does look as though he's going to have a nice bright future going forward. Maybe they kick on to Brisbane with him. He's only very lightly raced. Mm. Uh, but I think the majority of that field, I'm not too sure about the form. I, I wouldn't say it was the, 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 the top two were the mm. standouts and they race that way. Is it Probably is it easy to pot the form because maybe a really good horse just destroyed them last start. Yeah, probably, but I just think that I, th I just think that it wasn't an overly strong race. Mm -hmm. I think I, I we all said it was a race in two. Yeah, yeah, the size and it, form, and it, and it worked out that way. The size, the, those two horses just looked to be bigger, stronger, and have better form behind them, and it was a race in two. And then maybe a horse like Port Louis can can go on with it next preparation, but. Uh, of the others, they're, they're probably going to need to sort of make their mark as three-year-olds. Yep. Uh, it was a, a big moment for Peter and Paul Snowden, uh, Captivant winning a Group 1, but he is a son of capitalist who Peter and Paul trained.
let's go back to the ride because it was a magic ride. I know we had a good gait, but did all the right moves, gave the horse the rest he needed, and he waited for as long as he could just to balance up again. I thought he gave him a squeeze at the, come to the corner, he picked up from him, he knew he had something there. They gave him another little bit of a rest, and then asked him for something the last 300 metres, and he was, he was really good. Was he always going to be a champagne horse more than a slipper horse? What was the story with Captivon? It's a long story. But um, look, the seven furlong race and the mile race were the two we, we, we really targeted him at. A um, few little things happened in between times. And again, when we got beat convincingly in the size, we thought maybe we're not going to beat, be able to beat the Godolphin horse and the champagne. We might regroup and head towards Brisbane. And the mail come that he wasn't going to be here last Saturday, so it was a change of quick plans. and. Uh, Look, he, the fresh stuff for a couple of days, the paddock done in the world of good. It's just turned his mindset around. It's the best he's ever been out the back and uh, really good in the mountain yard and, uh, and being back on a good track as well. So a few things lined up for today and I'm really glad with the, res the, re with the result we got. Barriers win races, everyone knows that, and he drew the perfect marble for him to switch off back on the fence and did no work. And He's got a very good turn of foot, I think, the miles as far as he wants, though, to be fair. But he was, he was primed uh, to come here today and... He had a grand final in mind, albeit he had a little spell in the paddock, but uh, maybe Peter's got to start training all his horses like it. <laughs> you what about how the connections when you were coming back in? You wanted a bit more emotion from them, but they're pretty excited, aren't they? Maybe they get it that often, they just think, oh, there's <laughs> another one. Welcome back. This is the start of uh, John O'Shea's uh, big day. He had three winners in Sydney and one in Melbourne yesterday. It started with All Hallows Eve in the JHB Car Stakes. Jamie Carr won the Car Stakes. Yeah, and another beautifully balanced ride. I know, you know, she had Barrier One, and you know, it's easy to wrap jockeys who get all the breaks from Barrier One. But that's uh, this was just an uninterrupted, perfect passage that she weaved. Uh, she's a uh, a pretty honest uh, filly this one and this is a seventh start uh, I thought most of the form was on soft tracks but she's obviously very adept on dry tracks as well and uh, gets the good win here Eliza Bill went uh, much better back in distance here really like this filly um, I say hello I think she's got something for the future I, I think she was just out sprinted a little bit there but I like the way she still rallied and kicked on late and I think this is a, I just feel that she's got something. I want to be forgiving for Koo back in distance, sprint home, too much to do. Uh, she's better than that. I'd, I'd happy to give her another chance, whether it's this prep or next. I'll leave that uh, to Chris, but good win. Yeah, very strong win. There was nothing in the series report about Kiku. It was just exactly what Ronnie said. It was just a, a case of tempo-related race. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think she's done a good job, but she does... She is going to be one that he's going to probably have to give a little bit longer in between runs just to sustain her, her strength. Let's hear from uh, John O'Shea and Jamie Carr. I thought it was an omen day when we're in the car stakes. It was only appropriate that we engage Jamie and uh, it's turned out a nice thing. What a, uh, a nice filly she is going forward for you, John. Yeah, look, she's uh, said not a lot of luck in barriers and, and today is the first time she drew a gate where she could you know, get a nice run in the race. and. And she's been crying out 1400. This is the race that we sort of set her for when she came back into work. So it's a nice little plan come together. And, you know, it's just testament to a wonderful group of people that we have at home doing all the work. And there's a young French lass called Ali who rides her every day. And, you know, she's done a great job on her. She's been very unlucky not to draw a nice gate. And we got that today. Um, I was a bit worried there wouldn't be enough place in there for her. But in the end, they rolled along at a nice tempo. And all the gaps opened. And um, she was very strong on the line. I think stepping her up and trip will even suit her um, more and look great to um, get my first win on the board for John. Now, uh, Chris Waller produced a, a very, very nice three-year-old in the Packer Plate yesterday. Uh, horses can go on from this 2,000 metre race for three-year-olds. The grey we're watching. Yes, and he just come from nowhere, this horse, Senor Toba. He'd won a race at Mooney Valley. Uh, back in January, and then we've only seen one, see, saw him once, you know, a 40 to 1 chance being beaten eight lengths by Kiku. And here he is, um, relaxes out the back like an old timer, uh, shows, shows a, a beautiful turn of speed with a lovely action, I must say. So, can we get excited about him yet? Mm, I, well, it's easy to, but I don't know, if he can do that again, they, they may well be cooking with gas and he could be a, a Derby type. High supremacy, uh, 
presented at the right time, had his chance, very good tactics. And nearly, I thought at one stage he was going to steal it on Achiever because they sort of cantered up front and then he went for home and I thought, hello, you've pinched it. And so he's run well. Uh, the favourites, Lions Raw had a lot to do back in distance. He may have just come to the end of it and that Quay Quay, well, he, he had a real bee in his bonnet yesterday. He, didn't, he did not want to be ridden quietly and didn't settle, wanted to charge up heels and they've got some thinking to do with him. But interesting horse to win, I, I, hard to say how good he is. I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. I think he's a nice horse. I didn't like him before the race, but no. I like him afterwards. Um, just analysing him, he's got a great action. He seems as though he's going to get over a bit of distance in time. Huey was quite, as we'll see in a second, quite excited about him. Uh, the second horse, High Supremacy, he needs, he's not letting down properly. He needs either maybe a set of blinkers or winkles or something, but he does over travel as well. So I think once they work him out, you're going to see the best of him, but that will be up to the Freedmans. Well, they got a few tricks, the Freebers. They'll, they'll, they'll work I'm sure they will. <laughs> Here's uh, Chris Waller and Hugh Bowman. It's been good to see him turn it around today. Uh, we always knew he would stay. Um, but until he's got up to this distance, you haven't been able to see the best from him. So, uh, yeah, a sign of good things to come for sure. Very bright future. The Queensland Derby? Be heading that way. Yeah, we even thought South Australian Derby, but that comes around a little bit quicker. That's only two weeks away, so we had that in the back of our minds. So it'll be one of the two. Well, I certainly have more confidence in him going forward than I spoke on radio about him this morning, but he actually gave me a really good feel. He appreciated that tempo, and when Craig made a bit of a mid-race move, it just injected a bit more pressure into the race, which worked into his favour, but I don't like to get too far ahead of myself and I don't like to suggest races for horses too much but this horse has Queensland Derby written all over him on what I felt today. Alright, here's uh, John O'Shea after Lions Roar's run. He was fine, Brenton gave him another beautiful ride and um, he just probably a little bit you know, tired the last little bit there. Like I said, the owners before the race, all the KPIs we use to determine you know, how they are in the week, they're, they're all good but just until you see him do it on a day and in fact, he started even money and said he was in the right race. So, But uh, he can go home now, have a freshen up. Um, we can look forward to the spring and I'm sure we'll find a nice race for him. Here is the uh, JRA plate over 2,000 metres. Zaki was sent out the favourite and it was the grey paths of glory yeah day for the greys um he he's a beauty i, I love him he, he's a real tough competitor uh, paths of glory he bounced back from that chairman's where he had a real gut busting run there and and um back to 2000 meters here got a nice run uh, goes well for rachel and he just was a little bit too tough for Zaki with the with the huge weight swing there, or with the weight pull, I should say. Uh, so look, I don't think he should lose any admirers at all, Zaki there, although a beaten favourite. I thought he was far from disgraced, and he can improve off that again. Uh, nice to see him put pretty well two together. Racing well, hangman, isn't he? He's going great guns. And on um, taunt was the disappointment of the race, and Zay Rec is the big improver. Um, he I just didn't get the, the the momentum up, does he, no, to he, finish off through? When the... he was about to let loose, he he hit the speed hump and didn't get through and then race over, wasn't really fully extended through the line. I think we'll have another look at him. I don't think the market will miss him, though, uh, because they're the, they're the ones the market grab onto, then one's just held up behind. But if they forget about him, he's worth a spec next time. What do you think his and Zaki's best distance is? Well, I think 2,000 metres is fine. Um, for Zaki, there's, there's no indications that he won't run it there. He's second up with 59 kilos, so I think it has to be full steam ahead to Brisbane with him. And the other horse, Zarek, I think he's too untapped. He's too lightly raced. We don't know about him. He, he, he could improve and improve and improve, or he, he could be just like that all the way through. I think we'll learn as we go with him. Uh, Richard Friedman and Rachel King. Rachel knows he now knows he's got to push him into an early position and then when he's there he'll start to travel and, and the old bloke, he's as genuine as they come, he's a real old beauty and uh, just happy for the owners and for him. Gee, he just kept finding today. <laughs> he's like that, he gives his yeah. absolute best. He's a, he's a 
a lovely horse to train. You're going to press on. Is there something around the corner for him? Well, he's, he's so resilient that I think we could take him to Brisbane. There might be a couple of nice races up there for him. He's sort of got himself down in the weights and and um, I think he'd be, he'd be something to beat up there, provided he pulls up well here. Finally, he's drawn a gate. Um, that's been his sort of problem. He's you've had to go all the way back or, or work really hard to get forward. So it's just nice today to draw a gate. He still made a little bit hard work at the start, and, but he's able to put himself in a nice spot there. And like you said, he's always promised to win a nice race. And I just yeah, couldn't be happier to do it on him. It all sort of lined up today. I mean, he's been in absolute super formal preparation, really. You know, credit to, to Michael and Richard and the team. They, they've had him in really good form. He just hasn't had much luck. So finally everything went his way today. Great run. I'm um, really happy with him. Sort of only his second start in Australia. And um, yeah, I think he was giving the, the winner uh, five or six kilos. Just had to make his... Just had to make his run. He was still travelling at the top of the straight, but he just had to make his, his run before the turn just to make room. Um, so he's covered a bit of ground there. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a very exciting horse. And, um, you know, he'll head on up to, to Queensland, I think, from here. What's his main target there? And you've already got horses up there, Olmedo, Olmedo winning today. Yeah, Olmedo um, won the listed race, mile race up there today, which was great. So, um, yeah, Zaki will probably join him up there. Uh, I'd probably like to take him to the Doombin Cup. Um, whether we go via the Hollandale, I'm not sure. I think back to the 1800 would, would probably suit him. Um, it's just whether he needs to run every two weeks or not. If he can, great, because it's uh, half a million dollars, the Hollandale. Um, but I'll just see how the horse is and, um, you know, we'll work it out from there. Well, let's go to the uh, Hallmark Stakes, a Group 3. Uh, this is a very, very special win uh, for the owner of Splintex. Uh, Jeff and Mary Grimish own Splintex. Uh, Jeff Grimish, a Vietnam vet. Today, Anzac Day, is such an important day, as you can imagine, for Jeff Grimish. So it was lovely to see this horse win for the Grimish family uh, the day before. Ah, great result. Very passionate man. And would have got a big kick out of this. Um, we may have thought that horse was a big go earlier and that it got beat, but this was the biggest winning go all day. This was very heavily backed and, and hit on every tote, and they got it completely right. He bounced back to form. Rainier was good, fresh there. Victorum, now he's back in business. I reckon he'll improve again off that Victorum. And I, uh, I think he's, like I said, he's back right in business now. 11-11 had too much to do, wide, no cover. Senor A Fox close up again, one of those races out back Barbie, one, one of her teasing runs as we get from her now and again, uh, but fell into that before, but good result. Yeah, good result. Victorum agree, he's got a fair bit of improvement. I spoke to Jenny after the race and, and Melinda and they said they're just struggling to get the weight off of him and obviously with that little setback that he had last start, uh, he's back on track now uh, with improvement to come, so look for him to be, I think he'll be winning next start. Uh, here is Mark Newnham and Josh Parr. He's just run in a few races that uh, he hasn't had much luck in or, you know, group one level, he's just fallen a little bit short. But his two runs this time in have been, been good enough. Uh, he didn't have a lot of luck first up and then he drew the outside in the Galaxy and, you know, 1100 Rose Hill doesn't give you much chance when you draw out there. Did you come here as confident as some of these punters who unleashed today? Well, uh, look, I rode, him, I rode him in his last gallop, which was last Saturday morning when we had the course proper gallop here, and I was thinking this morning, I wish it was as soft as last week, but he's got the job done on, on quick ground. But, uh, look, really good to get a win today, especially for Jeff and Mary Grimish. Uh, Anzac Day means a lot to Jeff, and uh, on the eve of Anzac Day, really important win for Jeff. We were afforded a beautiful run outside the leader. Easy Eddie set a nice tempo, gave us something to, to eye up and, and, and get out after and chase. So he'd come up the hill with a head full of steam, and gee, I was confident a long way from home. He is a very consistent horse. I, I think we're, he, he has mixed his form uh, recently with the, the competition that he has met. Uh, he come here today meeting a field that he probably should have, should have beaten and we're, we're glad that he did. Uh, I think the track conditions have come into play a couple of times when he's just met a, a sharper sprinter. So today he got his chance on top of the ground and got the job done. All right, and uh, let's hear from Jeff Grimish. It is a great story. It's a great opportunity for me to tell the story about Splintex because most of the horses I've got are named after army battles and situations. In the case of Splintex, you know, it was Mother's Day 1968. It was the only time in the history of Australia at war they've ever fired the, the Splintex dart. 3,000 of those in a shell. And had we not had those, they would have killed every one of us. So it was just, I tell you, it was a good luck charm. You name all your horses after yeah, things like that? Yeah, counter-attack. 
red tracer, green tracer. You must have felt lucky on a weekend like this with yeah, a good I horse know, like Splintex. All the boys all around Australia ring up and they all got on, so that's why it come in from $12 to $6 or whatever. And what about tomorrow? What will the day involve for you? Oh, well, it's one day of the year we always look forward to and um, cabbage destroy the whole atmosphere of the place, but um, we'll all get together. Dear old Neville, dear Neville, what a great man. He, he always brought a smile to my face, Neville Late. He brought a smile to Ronnie's face when he trained the first ever highway winner. <laughs> well, Ronnie wasn't that. sold on the highway when it first came in. He said, how am I going to deal with this? I've got all these country horses coming from everywhere. Don't know one any of them. Grand proposal. What was it, 10 to 1? Yep, yeah, something like that. A bit better, even. Ronnie fell in love with the highways all because of that ne man, Neville. Neville Late. Yeah, and a great jockey, a great... A great character of racing. We lose another one, and yeah, our thoughts are with the late family, obviously. And um, a sad day, but he had a great life. His last runner uh, went round yesterday, Red Icon. Uh, look, we're not going to, uh, we're going to pick them up after the fall. Um, Rothenberg had to be euthanised after suffering interference and, and coming down. Uh, the, one, the race was won by a head start. Um, it's all a bit of a blur, really. It is. Well, one thing that's not a blur is a very talented horse, this. Um, a head start. He's lightly raced. He's a three-year-old. He's had a short career, and they're not easy for these young horses to do, come and win these highways when they they just lack that bit of experience. And look, James McDonnell got suspended out of the race, but that was nothing to do with the fall. Yes, let's point that out. There was two separate incidences. There was the interference uh, caused by uh, James McDonald. And then there was the separate incident of the fall. They are, they are connected in some way, but the stewards dealt with them separately. So in the end, Lizzie, and you might be able to refer to the stewards report for us, Bowman tried to follow McDonald on the presumption that he thought McDonald was going for a run which was there. He yeah, trusted he, McDonald. He anticipated that yes. there was, he probably caused, he was at fault himself for assuming that there was going to be a run but he didn't get charged for that no. fall. That was just a presumption of what McDonald was going to do. He was going to come out and when he didn't come out that's when um, Huey just, that was the last thing he saw. I mean yeah. Ronnie's probably better explaining it under mm. jockey circumstances. They're split seconds decisions. Well he was he was building momentum and I think he had a lot of horse to, underneath him as well Rothenberg. He was about to explode but then that little shuffling and he anticipated McDonald to keep coming out and then Yui didn't anticipate Red Icon dropping off so quickly. I, I get it. I, I get it all. It was an accident, an incident in racing, a horrible incident, especially for the connections of Rothenburg. Yes. Um, but uh, he was a lucky man. He was a lucky man. And, and McDonald was uh, suspended for causing interference to the Snoo Snooper star. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right. Different altogether. Altogether. McDonald had nothing to do with that fall. Yes. McDonald, where he angled out, that was where he caused the interference. He caused the interview, uh, interference to, to Atkins again. <laughs> he's lucky. He's a, mm. uh, oh. It would be a bit hairy for him for a few strides, but yeah. that's been dealt with. Yes. Is there anything more and needs to be said about that race? Well, not really. Um, I think uh, King's Trust was good with improvement to come. And More Sundays is an emerging, emerging highway winner, I think. Uh, but I think it's all about the winner. I think he's a, a pretty nice horse. There was also um, Wavemaker, uh, Ed O'Rourke's horse, bled from both nostrils. That oh, that's the first good. time. Yeah. And just uh, letting you know, with McDonald's suspension, it's the 29th of the 4th until the 8th of the 5th. Okay. Okay. Um, let's uh, go to Tommy Berry. Greg Pritchard caught up with Tommy when he came back after that race, just to reflect on, on Neville Lake. We would have loved to win, but it wasn't about winning. It was just given... Neville, the farewell that he, he deserved, and uh, it was nice to have all of his family here on track today, and very fitting that I got to ride him uh, with Adrian out with injury, so it was nice. You would have been watching the acceptances all week, hoping to get a run because it was second reserve. Yeah, I was pretty confident it would. I, I thought someone would have to scratch to let him in, but uh, no, it was obviously meant to be on the day, and um, there were two beautiful white butterflies flying around behind the gate, so I'm sure that was him, and he was there with us. Can you describe your relationship with Neville? Yeah, oh, look, he was just, he was a mate. Um, I started off being someone that I rode for and it was a business relationship, but then it, as we 
got to know each other in years, we become more mates than work colleagues, and you know that was the special part about it. And Neville used to ring me on the odd occasion, um, you know, especially when I was suspended, having a go at me because he had nothing to watch on the weekends. So um, you know, he, he was just a good friend and someone that I'll never forget. Neville was someone who knows about profound loss of a family member gone way too soon, like yourself. I don't know if you ever talked about that, but at, at the least it was probably an unspoken connection between the two of you. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It's something that's probably hard for, for both of us to talk about, but, yeah, no, he's, um, he's, at least he's got someone to, to go up there to, like I've got someone waiting up there for me. Um, Tommy uh, went down and saw Neville before he passed, and uh, Tommy has had many great moments uh, beyond career to Queen, but that was you know one of the first big moments for Tommy winning the Magic Millions. Mm. And Tommy recalls too when career to Queen ran second to Black Caviar. Well, career to Queen gave him the opportunity to go to Gay, wasn't it? Yeah. That was she said mm. you're you um, I love the fact that you're really good on you know front running horses, and and that gave him the opportunity that sort of shifted him onto Gay Waterhouse that really you know catapulted his career. I think Tommy one of Tommy's biggest thrills was when he rode career to Queen against Black Caviar. And when Black Caviar went rushing past him, he got that close. Yeah, got that was exciting for him. Yeah, that's of his career. That's right. Um, Rock o'clock. Another one for John O'Shea. This very promising young trainer. Yes, rising through the ranks. <laughs> she, uh, she was 49 days between runs. We know she's talented. She's got that lovely three wide with cover. I think the fence may have been just a little bit worn by this. Right on the fence was worn by this stage of the day. Look, I thought this was her semi-final going on to a, you know, a mayor's race next time, but obviously it wasn't. She was too good. She was solid in the market. Nudge, uh, she just deserves another win. Um, she burst through the inside there and didn't throw it away at all. Look, there's good runs in this race. Like Arapahosa, uh, one could be an improver. Royal Celebration was good. Faistos was good late down the outside. Have a look at this horse, Brandenburg. He bombed the start, and then um, in the green and blue colours, five off the fence there behind Dream, uh, Dream well, behind the of Cuba there. Uh, he has nowhere to go. And check, check, check. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a hidden run, but. Oh, it was a very good run. Paul, Paul, was Paul Joyce was on the mark. Paul Joyce was tipping Brandenburg on yeah, form line. He yeah. was very, very keen. He was yeah. on the mark. He yeah. just had no his luck. Was, his was a good run, and so was Handled the Truth as well. He's had no luck his mm. last two runs. If they find themselves in the right races, they're going to be yeah, very competitive. Stone, all, you know, around the... Yeah. the, the Keep these, an eye on them. Yeah, they find the right race. All right, here's, uh, here's O'Shea and also Rachel King. She's been in great form, and we've been very happy with her. The trial was good the other day. Um, I just had a race today, you know, like three deep with cover will be fine. We don't need to go right the way back. And uh, once she got in that three wide line down the side, I was really optimistic she could be in the finish because she's just a, a really happy little mare at the moment. Any other plans coming up? Yeah, well, she's been set for the coast and, um, you know, that's obviously a good start for us. She's a good mile record. And mares, you know, off a win, we like to keep them trying to win. So and there's a couple of races um, in Brisbane, but. Ideally, you know, the opportunity to stay in Sydney's, you know, where we're looking at and is worth half a million dollars in a couple of weeks. She was able to get a beautiful run today. She was through deep recover, but she's sort of better being there than probably stuck on the fence and gave her plenty of galloping room and probably, got, I did get there probably a bit soon, but she was just travelling so well on the turn. I had to sort of let her go when I did and she, um, credit to her though, she's had a bit of a gap between runs and she was very, very strong on the line. All right, let's, um, <laughs> let's go on to Lost and Running now, the uh, last of the day. By gee, wasn't this worth waiting for? Well, he was just so dominant. Look at the look at the cruising speed and the big bold action. I thought oh, he got he suffered his first defeat at Canterbury and thought, oh, we're all been in love with this horse. How did you get beat at Canterbury? But obviously, he had a big weight there. It was a wet track. He's too. I, I've had he him down. He wasn't very as, good in the yard that day. Oh, wasn't he? Yeah, you said that. So, what was wrong with him in the yard? He played up. He just not really played up, but for him, who's always so calm and relaxed, he just had a bee in his bonnet. Right. And I think the combination of not parading well, not really liking Canterbury, not his type of track where it's, you know, you've got to sort of, you know, be quite uh, flexible. I think that this, he's, you know, back on a big track, he's much more suited, you saw yesterday, and he was a completely different kettle of fish in the yard. Well, they had the earmuffs on him mm. in the pre yard. Race. The pre-race muffs. Yeah. Now, just to clarify, You've got no problem with the pre-race muffs. Not a problem in the world. It's just, it's just the race, race just day. day. Now, he is an interesting horse. That's only sixth race start. He's run 1875, 33.96 with his head on his chest. 
He's a mature, looked after, rising five-year-old now. Mm -hmm. Can we put him on the list with the big E there, with a possibility? Or Give him a slot. <laughs> Give him I a don't slot. Think, I think they have really played, <laughs> tried to play it all down. I do know that John, speaking to him over the carnival, he wanted to run him in the hallmark. Um, so, obviously, his defeat at Canterbury was a little bit... They adjusted their thinking of whether... So if he wins at him. Canterbury, he probably goes he to the goes hallmark. hallmark. Yep. So, I think what they're trying to do is... Is they've looked after him and they've placed him to perfection mm -hmm. and they're building his confidence and I would not over-race yet. Well, he's got, an, he's got till October. He can have a spell and come back. You know, he's a... Well, I think John would like you to keep it, you know. Yeah, John would like, John would like very much for you... <laughs> to just cool your jets. To, to, not to over-race. Well, or we'll put the earmuffs on you. What, what other, what other up-and-coming yeah. sprinters no, do right. we have coming through the ranks that can run right. time with their head on the chest like that at Ram, no, over 1,200? No, there's yeah. not. So, well, so why is he not even in the market? Why isn't he 100 to 1 or 50 to 1? Well, Munsey's working today, so get him in there. Mm. He'll get him in. It's a good talking point. Let's go and hear from John O'Shea. I just really believe in him, and, and, I, and I understood why he got beat the other day. And, and if we get the scenario that you saw perpetuate today where he gets into that rhythm, man, he's a, he's a serious horse. He's, he's given the clock a good nudge today, and... Mac just shut him down nice, you know, just give him a nice easy time the line. But we've, we've got utmost belief in this horse and, and every time we've asked a question of him, he's delivered, you know. Do you want to shut him down now or do you want to go somewhere else right now? Uh, we, we'd always had in our mind that we would go to the 1,300 metre race that used to be at Scone um, and it's now at Rose Hill. And Luskin Star? Luskin Star, yeah. But for the simple reason that, it, you know, if you go through, and I'm a great believer in history, that... Trekking won it and, you know, went on to make a really good horse. And I think this horse is a serious weight for age horse up, you know, 12, 1400 metre horse. So and I think today, in what was a very, very good field, he made them look, you know, second rate. Yeah. So um, he, he keeps answering all the questions we ask of him. I think if he was to win at Scone or now Rose Hill, then he would legitimately you know, be a, a, a contender for, for the major sprint races in the spring. It wasn't his best day on a racetrack, but in saying that, Canterbury just wasn't his go. He's, he's not a rip-around sort of horse. He's a momentum. Uh, seven furlongs, I think, will be just right up his alley. And when he gets high cruising speed like that, he's, um, look, I'm not saying he's nowhere near nature, but he's got that same running style where he gets in a rhythm and he can demolish a field like that. And, that was a pretty um, good field. It was, it was very good. Uh, Celine Dreaming, take nothing away from her. She is exceptional, got a great turn of foot. But when I got into that rhythm from the 600, I was just coasting. It was like a track work gallop in the end. But lovely horse going forward, and I'm sure the connections will be over the mood. And, and, uh, and obviously John, who's had a massive day today. meeting next weekend, you got some action there? Yeah, we got acrophobic to the Hawkesbury Guineas uh, and with a set of blinkers on which he's sort of been crying out for, you know, so um, we're looking forward to running him. I think he'll run a, a much improved race. Got a couple of other horses sort of heading to the lesser races with a view to going to Scone, so but we'll get them started and, at Hawkesbury and, and see what it brings after that. And close up the big meeting at Gosford, including the $500,000 race for three and four-year-olds. Yeah, I reckon uh, we'll have probably three in the coast um, at, at this stage. Uh, we'll probably run all Saints Eve. Um, we'll run Rock O'Clock. And we may run either Legay Soleil or even All Hallows Eve. I haven't had a chance to speak to the owners yet, but uh, she wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility of probably going around somewhere like that. So... Um, yeah, we've got a good representation there and a few other chances on the day. Possibly have Hollyfield, um, he'll be dual nommed. Um, he's in the Hawkesbury Guineas and also in the Queensland Guineas. Um, at this stage I'd be leaning towards uh, keeping him at the 1400 down here. Um, or he could possibly wait and go to the coast the week later at Gosford. That's a half million dollar race, obviously a strong program there as well. So is it possibly there any others? 
Uh, at this stage, they're probably my only two. I think the only horse I had possibly earmarked for the um, for the Gold Cup was Zaki, but I won't back him up. It's a good program. We like to support Hawkesbury every year. We sort of say something for there, and hopefully that's the case this year. Uh, the two biggest best chances are probably the Guineas. Uh, we'll have Aim and Exaboon there. I think they're two two horses that run very well. The Mayor's Race will have probably four or five nominated for that. Um, Bush and maybe may go there. Jen Rules in good form again. Misteed. Uh, and a couple others, but uh, and the support program will bound to have a few there as well. And there's more to come at Gosford beyond that, the coast race for three and yeah, four year olds and the cup. That's big money, you know. Uh, well, probably one for the cup up there, but that three and four year old, that's an tr- enormous amount of money. This time of year for three and four year olds, it's a great race, so we'll try and find something in the, in the tank to, to get up there, it'll be a good meeting. That's uh, just about the end of the show. Anything? Um, we've got about a minute. Well, just Back on watching those interviews for John O'Shea, you're saying he wants to keep the wraps off Lost and Running. Oh, we're going back to Lost and Running. Well, yes. there was, a, you know, he, he, it's a bit hard to keep the wraps off when the trainers, you know, the first word he comes out, reminds, you know, Trekking did this, and yep. then he mentions Lusk and Star, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then McDonald gets on, oh, oh nature strip. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want us to think? Well, that's right. <laughs> uh, he's giving the slot. Yeah, just giving he's the slot. just giving the slot. We'll work it out There's later. There's ten slots left. He's got. If he one doesn't of them. come up. They, you come up. You take the slot off him. That's right. There's <laughs> something in the clause. Um, that's right. it. That's it. Nothing more. Nothing more. See you at Hawkesbury. Yep. Hawkesbury next week. Yeah. Kenzo today. Hmm. Kenzo today. Yes. Kenzo. Oh yeah, of course. Randwick, Great meeting. Randwick today. Anzac Day, uh, and then back on Saturday at Hawkesbury, and then another week at Gosford for their first ever Saturday Metropolitan meeting for that new race called the Coast. Uh, for three and four year olds and they'll also run the uh, Gosford Gold Cup in the takeover target but uh, th- the first ever non-city metropolitan uh, meeting uh, held away from town was Hawkesbury and it's still going strong. Yeah very strong and Gosford's going to be a hit I reckon as well. Yeah, Check uh, with the Hawkesbury Race Club and the Gosford Race Club to, uh, to sort out the tickets with protocols and everything like that and then we get back to Rose Hill uh, for the next meeting, the third of the uh, the weeks in a row, where they'll run the second day of the, the traditional scone meeting, which has now been moved to Rose Hill. Exactly. Have a great Anzac Day, everyone. Yep. Thanks for joining us.